0: Sensible Chat. Budgeting made easy. Really? Easy? Welcome to Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. The show that is all about budgeting, smart spending, and saving. In honor of Financial Literacy Month, Sensible Bobby is going to explain what financial literacy is and how we can grow our skills. We're really excited about our guest professor for Sensible University, Yunha McDowell, co-founder of SavingSense.org. She's going to share some tips for saving money on groceries and feeding your family on a budget, plus the best apps for cash back. And be sure to stay tuned after the interview for a special offer. But right now, here's Sensible Bobby.
1: Thanks, Scott. I am so excited that it's Financial Literacy Month. What a great chance to learn more about how to manage your money. Now, While this excites me, I know some people are bored or stressed by the thought of managing their money, so let's talk about what money management actually represents, and maybe it'll spurn some interest. The President's Advisory Council on Financial Literacy defines personal financial literacy as the ability to use knowledge and skills to manage financial resources effectively for a lifetime of financial well-being. Now, why is this important? Well, have you ever asked yourself where all your money is going? Have you ever told yourself, when I get a raise, then I can start saving? But be honest, you're making more money today than you did on the first day of your very first job, right? And yet there's still no money to save. Not to mention how many stories we hear about celebrities or lottery winners who get piles of money one day, only to go bankrupt quickly after. So it's really not the amount of money, but what you're doing with it. Have you ever been stressed by an emergency that required money you didn't have? Was it a true emergency that couldn't be planned for? I mean, if you're talking car repairs, have you ever had a car that didn't break down or require some kind of repair? And medically, something unexpected is going to arise for us or someone in our family eventually. We just don't know when or what. The point is, a lot of us are stressed by money because we don't know how to use it in order to plan for our best lives. And the reason is, nobody ever taught us. This permeates so many areas of our lives. I mean, think about the literacy part of it. Literacy by itself is defined as the ability to read and write. If nobody ever taught you these skills, you would have a very hard time driving, holding a job, buying groceries. Your life would be extremely limited. And you'd have a sense of fear all the time because you wouldn't know how to handle a lot of things that could come your way. Same with money. For some reason, our society spends all this time teaching us the importance of work, career, moving up the ladder because you need money to live. But they forget to teach you what to do with the money once you get it. And this leads to a lot of problems, especially if we don't explore for ourselves what to do with it. I'm the type of person that if I'm not interested in something, I just want to know enough to get by. Like Microsoft Word. There are so many shortcuts, so many things that can be done in a snap in that program but I've been using Microsoft Word since the early 90s and I still use it in the least effective way. It takes me longer to format a document and doesn't look anywhere near as good as it could if I knew how to use it properly. Sometimes what you don't know can hurt you. If I was responsible for office projects that required advanced use, I'd be in real trouble. Now let's relate this back to money. Before I became financially literate, I didn't understand credit and interest rates. I'm still alive, it didn't kill me, But it did cause me a lot of problems. I paid way more for a lot of things because of interest. And because I couldn't balance a checkbook or pay bills on time, my interest rates were higher than those who knew better. I also lived paycheck to paycheck, not saving, because I was young and had plenty of time to save for retirement later. So why not spend everything I have? But this soon became a problem when emergencies arose, like car repairs or medical bills. And because I had to make quick decisions based on desperation, I paid way more than necessary. (laughs) Turns out, saving isn't just for retirement. Let's face it, it's just downright stressful when you're treading water with your head barely above the surface and then you're pulled under by the tide. You feel like you're going to drown, but just in time, you get your head just above water again, only to tread until the next tide pulls you under. It's exhausting and it's no way to live. How do you want to live? If you can focus on that, then financial literacy and money management becomes more exciting because for many, we're simply fearing the unknown. I've heard so many people say, I'll never be out of debt. I'll never be able to save. And I used to feel this way. But if anyone had asked me the question, how do you know, I wouldn't have had an answer. I didn't know. I just assumed that since I was poor, it would always be that way. No way out. Man, was I wrong. Once I made a plan and began following it, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it was just simple math. When you practice financial literacy, you can start to set goals and actually achieve them. Now, instead of fearing an unexpected emergency, not only are you prepared for that, but in time, you could even have money set aside for an opportunity. How many times have you seen a sale on something that you really wanted, but even though it was deeply discounted, you still didn't have the money for it? Wouldn't it be nice to take that dream trip to Europe for half the price because you were prepared when the opportunity came your way? Financial literacy leads to financial freedom. And financial freedom means you decide how to live your life instead of being a slave to the paycheck. The quickest way to get started? Create a budget. Starting my household budget and learning to manage my finances created an overwhelming internal need to share with as many people as I could, and it's what motivated me to launch SensibleChat.com. The name Sensible Chat really does say it all. Sense stems from the fact that many of us only have sense to spare after covering our necessities. So it's really just a reminder that this podcast and the website are designed for those who don't have much because sometimes it feels impossible to find financial help geared towards those in lower income brackets. ABLE is an acronym that stands for Awareness, Budgeting, Leveraging, and Enjoyment. Awareness means changing your mindset and learning new tools that will help you on your journey to financial freedom. Budgeting is taking control of your money instead of letting it control you. Leveraging means using your money to get what you planned for instead of helplessly watching it fly out of your wallet. And E. Enjoyment. Because really, that's the end goal here, right? Once you get past the stress and fear, it's enjoyment. This means achieving a worry-free approach to your financial life. Enjoying the benefits. Remember, being smart now will pay off later and I'm here to help. Call me, email me. You can reach me through sensiblechat.com.
0: Okay, class, Sensible University is now in session. Today's guest professor is Yunha McDowell, co-founder of SavingSense.org. At Saving Sense, they believe money you save is just as important as money you earn. So if you don't make a ton of money, you can still have a significant life-changing amount. Saving Sense provides simple tools and resources that will help you start saving money immediately and give you insight on products that save you money and help the environment. Finally, Saving Sense shares tips on saving for all aspects of your life, including weddings, starting a family, and groceries, which is what we're focused on today.
1: Yunha McDowell, thanks so much for being our guest professor today. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. First, tell me about savingsense.org and why you started it.
2: So we started Saving Sense about a year and a half ago. When I say we, my sister and I started it together. We've always been pretty frugal. And my sister is actually a lot more frugal than I am. And it's just something that we have talked about doing for years. It was kind of a passion project for us. And when we both got the opportunity to actually pursue it, it was really exciting. And so my sister is a stay-at-home mom. And I was in corporate America and I decided to leave corporate America just to pursue this like dream of ours.
1: Wow, kudos to you. That's a huge step and I'm glad it's working out for you.
2: Yeah, you know, it's been really great. It's a learning experience to say the least, but even just to help other people because it's something that we love. I mean, my sister and I talk about couponing, we talk about You know, anything that we buy that we got a great deal on, it's just something that we nerd out about.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, you're in the right place. I've become quite a nerd myself. I can't wait to hear your ideas. I want to focus on groceries and meal planning today because for so many, that really is the biggest budget buster of all. And you have some great articles about this on your website. So let me ask you what are some of your favorite ways to save on groceries?
2: So, a few of my favorite ways to save on groceries it doesn't even involve the grocery store. It's something that you have to do before you even get to the grocery store. So first, you have to shop your pantry, your freezer and fridge because you have a ton of things at home. Even though you feel like you have nothing to eat, you still have a lot of stuff in your pantry and then freezer. So you have to make sure to shop your own groceries first. And then the second, meal planning. That is huge because if you don't plan out your meals, you cannot make a grocery list and then that means you'll be at the grocery store just aimlessly grabbing things and thinking oh this sounds good maybe I'll have this this week and then you never end up eating whatever you bought and so the third is to make a list and stick to it so you got your real plan and then you've made your list and then now you're at the grocery store and you have to stick to your list because if you don't Again, you're going to buy something that you never intended on using in the first place.
1: Yep. Such a huge mistake that we all make for sure. And a lot of us obviously like to shop the sales. But if you are shopping the sales, sometimes it gets lost on kind of how far you're driving or to different stores or whatever to save a buck. So how do you draw the line between getting the bargain and spending all of your gas and time running around the city?
2: I would say to focus on two max three stores that you shop at because you're right. You don't want to chase down every single sale because your time and your gas, they're worth a certain dollar amount. And if you don't mind spending the time or your gas doing these things, then go for it. But for most people, time is very limited. So again, just shop at two or three different stores. That way, you're not looking at a ton of different ads because I do spend a little bit of time every week whenever my grocery store comes out with their ads. And I just try to look at it, see anything that applies to me. And then I say, okay, well, this week at Aldi, I will buy X. I personally do a discounted grocery store like Aldi. And then I shop at a traditional grocery store because Aldi is great, but it doesn't necessarily have everything that you might need. So that's why I shop at a traditional grocery store. And then I like to throw in one of the warehouse box stores.
1: And that brings up an interesting point because a lot of people like to buy in bulk. A lot of people think that that's automatically going to save money, but there are times when the bulk deals aren't really going to save you money, especially if you can't use everything before it expires or if you don't have a lot of storage room in your house. So give us some of the pros and cons of buying in bulk.
2: Yeah, so buying in bulk doesn't necessarily mean it's cheaper, but you can get some great deals if you buy in bulk. So I would say always check the unit price. And once you're shopping and you constantly buy the same things, you'll notice, you know, what are great prices and what not. You also don't want to buy something that is too big for your family. I have a family of two. And so I know that if we buy something at Costco, if we don't have a plan to use it up, it'll go to waste. So we only try to buy something that we use on a regular basis. So pan tomatoes, for instance, we use that in a recipe every single week, multiple times a week. So it's something that, you know, has a long expiration date and that we do use on a regular basis. Also, don't try to buy anything that you're not familiar with, like a product that you are just wanting to try, because buying in bulk, I mean, you are kind of signing up for the long haul for that. And also if you don't have the space for it, you can still get the great deals by maybe splitting something with a friend. You buy a case of whatever and then you split it down the middle. And so your friend pays half and you know, your family can enjoy the other half. So that's another way to kind of save while you're buying in bulk.
1: That's a great idea. Now you have an article on this called five ways to cut your grocery bill in half. And there's a pro tip in it that says don't fall for the fake sale. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah. So when you're walking through the grocery store, you'll notice the eye catching red and yellow signs that says like surprisingly low price or new low price. And it's not really a sale. It's just trying to catch your eye to make you think, and it'll make your brain think, oh, that's something I need to look at because it's on sale. But it's not. It's just that they use the same colors as the marketing for their sales. So that's just another way that the grocery store tries to trick you into thinking that you're getting a great deal just because of their marketing.
1: That's amazing. There's so many marketing trips out there that you kind of have to watch out for and make sure that you're really buying what you need, not what they're telling you to. In a couple of the articles that I saw on your website, you talk about shopping the season. What does that mean? So shopping
2: the season means that it's grown the same season that you eat it. So for instance, like oranges right now is a great time to buy or maybe in the past like month, it was a great time to buy oranges because it was at the peak of the season. So You know, Florida was producing the most amount of oranges at that time, and you're getting it super fresh at that time. But it also means that you are paying the lowest price. So you see all of these vegetables and produce that you see at the grocery store, and you can get it year round. But that doesn't mean that it's in season. It's just available to you, probably at a lower quality and a higher price. So shopping the season is huge for your budget, because you'll get the best seasonal produce for the lowest price. So if you're ever curious about what food or produce is in season where you are, because, you know, it differs depending on which region you're in, you should check out the website seasonalfoodguide.org. You can put in your state and it'll give you a list of produce that's available for each season in your area.
1: That's such an awesome tip because people always talk about that. Oh, I don't even know what's in season. When is it going in season? So SeasonalFoodGuide.org. Now, I want to talk about buying generic because there are some people who believe that buying generic is always going to save you money. I kind of beg to differ in this because in my experience, sometimes it is just as good, but sometimes you have to use more to get the same effect or you just don't like the taste of it. And, you know, you end up wasting money by using it faster or just throwing it away. What are your thoughts on buying generic?
2: Generally, I love buying generic, but you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always cheaper, but I have found that most of the times it is cheaper, but I will say sometimes I won't buy generic and certain products because the taste is a little off or it's not exactly the same. And, you know, that sometimes I don't want to give up the taste for just a little bit of a bargain price. But I do recommend at least trying out the generic brand because generally stores offer a money-back guarantee if you don't like the product. Really? Yes. So many stores that I've shopped at offer that. And then Aldi, I just love Aldi so much. (laughs) They offer like a double cash-back guarantee. So they will give you your cash back and then they will also replace the product. But also traditional grocery stores like Kroger... They will also do the same thing. They will say, hey, if you don't like this product, you can always bring it back. Then you can switch it out for something else. But I think you should at least always try the generic brand. And if you don't like it, take it back.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome tip. I mean, if you can get your money back for it, why not? Of course, another popular way to save money on groceries is to use coupons. But the days of clipping them from the newspaper, of course, are long gone. And getting them online can sometimes be a chore, depending on the hoops you have to jump through to get them. So what's the best way to get the best coupons the easiest way?
2: So you're right. I used to love clipping coupons. It's just one of those things that I loved in college I don't know why, but now who has the time for that? So what I do is I will just do a quick search on coupons.com. That's the one that I found to have the most amount of coupons and they're actually legit coupons. And then there's a search area. So you can just quickly type in whatever you're looking for. And also, you don't want to just continue to scroll because that means you're just looking for something to buy. So you want to look specifically for whatever item you're looking for. And then if they have it, they have it. If they don't, then at least you can say you've wasted a minute looking for a coupon. And then that's it. If you don't want to use coupons, which is perfectly fine because it's not for everybody, you can use Cashback apps. It's essentially the same thing, except you can do your grocery shopping or you can go ahead and buy the product and then you just scan your receipt and you're just, instead of getting that discount at the grocery store, you get a cash back reward after you've shopped.
1: Yeah, that's such a popular thing right now. There's so many apps out there for saving money on groceries. And since there's so many, I wanted to ask you what your favorite ones are and why.
2: So there are actually two that I use on a regular basis. The first one is Fetch. I say that one's my by far the favorite one, only because it's so easy to use. You don't have to scroll and choose what you're going to buy. All you do is take a picture of your receipt. That doesn't take very long to do. And then the second one is Ibotta. And I think that's a very popular one because their selection is huge and you can potentially earn a lot of cash back. I've seen people who've earned hundreds of dollars back just by using Ibotta.
1: So Fetch and Ibotta, those are your two favorites. Now, do you have to link these to your bank account in order to get the rewards?
2: Definitely not. Some you have to link to like your PayPal or Venmo account. And then others, you also have the option to cash out in a gift card. But you never have to link your bank account. And I don't think I would recommend linking your bank account to these either.
1: Now, if you're using more than one app, can you scan your receipts to each one and get rewards from multiple apps?
2: Yes. So that is a great thing about using these apps. If you have the time to spend on just taking pictures of your receipts, I would recommend using a couple of different cashback apps because I have noticed that a couple of the apps may have the same item on there. So you're getting double the cashback on it. And then potentially you can even get something for free or almost free. They are all independent from each other, so you should definitely optimize your cash back.
1: Nice. And there's a lot more apps. You actually go through several of them on one of the articles on your website. So I would definitely recommend that people go there to get more information about the other apps that you recommend as well. Now, it seems that eating healthy always costs more, but a lot of you know families are concerned about feeding their family in a healthy way. So are there ways that we can make the trade-off a bit easier on our pocketbooks?
2: Yes. Yeah, so actually, I feel like that is a huge misconception that eating healthy equals spending a lot of money. And it could, but I think it's also because you're also not shopping very wisely. You're not shopping seasonally. And you're trying to buy all of these special items that you're only going to use for one recipe because you're trying something new and healthy. So I think if you just try to shop for things that are less processed and that aren't packaged individually, you can find so much savings. So, you know, the 100 calorie bags of snacks, those things cost so much money. But really, if you bought the same thing, but in the bigger bag, and then separate them yourself, so much cheaper. Like for instance, oatmeal, you can buy a huge tub of oatmeal for 2 to $3, it'll last you the entire month. Or you can buy a packet of oatmeal, and it'll cost the same amount for a week. So I think if you are just smart about it, and you don't buy the prepackaged stuff, that you could still save a lot of money.
1: Now- Let's talk about some of the behaviors that can help save you money at the grocery store. We've talked about some of these, but you know they always say you shouldn't go to the grocery store hungry because you're just going to grab everything that looks good to you at the time. And of course, we've talked about going with a list. But what other things can we do to stop ourselves from overspending and busting our budgets while we're at the grocery store?
2: I would say shop alone. If you can help it, you have to shop alone because if you take your kids or your spouse, you are going to get distracted and I don't have kids yet, but I remember being a kid and like you want to grab every single thing and just put it in the cart and sometimes mom won't notice. Right. <laughs> and then my husband, he does not ever go to the grocery store, but when he does, it drives me crazy. He will sneak things into our cart that is not on our list. And I won't even notice it until we've already paid for it. And another tip is to only go once a week if you can help it. Because the more times you go to the grocery store, the more times you are going to probably buy something that you didn't necessarily need. So even if you're only going to go buy a carton of milk, there's a high chance that you're probably going to come out with other snack foods or whatever you may pass by. So try to limit the number of times that you go to the grocery store.
1: One of the things that I've tried in my grocery shopping trips is to use a calculator to keep track while I'm shopping so that I know if I'm near or going over my budget before I ever get to the register. But this can be cumbersome for some if you're just typing in the numbers, you know, on your phone or whatever. I mean, depending on how much time you have. But I think I've heard that there are some apps that maybe you can scan a receipt and it calculates it for you. Do you know anything about that?
2: Oh, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Hmm. That's something that would be helpful because I actually reverse engineer it. I do it the other way. I know what I'm generally going to buy at the grocery store or the prices. And then I make out my list and put a price down. And of course, I try to estimate just a little bit higher because I never want to knock enough cash at the store. And then I will add that up. And so I will have about the right amount of money to spend at the grocery store, especially if I'm not buying the little extra things that I shouldn't be getting anyways.
1: Sure. And one thing that just occurred to me the other day, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there, is if you don't know the calculations of what you're going to spend and you're not calculating while you go along, if you absolutely don't want to go over your budget, maybe something to try would be putting the most important things that you have to buy, putting those on the conveyor belt first and putting the least important at the back and then you can watch as you know they're scanned and it tallies up so if you're getting close to your budget then you know what you should just kind of push aside
2: that is a great idea what I do is the things that I'm not a hundred percent sure on that I should buy I will put that at the end because by the time it gets up to the front I can at least talk myself out of buying it
1: (laughs) right that's (laughs) another great idea absolutely I love that One of the things that you talk about in one of your articles is watching the register price and checking your receipt. How often do you find mistakes in that?
2: Oh my goodness, all the time. Actually, the other day I was so upset with myself because I didn't check my receipt until I got home. And I know that I should always check it while I'm at the store because you're not going to go back if you're already at home to get the price adjustment. And I did notice that something was on sale and I bought two of them and I overpaid by a couple of dollars. And I mean, it's just a couple of dollars, but that really adds up if it's happening over and over again.
1: Yeah, and a couple of dollars makes a difference. Everything adds up. So have you found that. that those mistakes are quite common?
2: Yes, because you know the cashier person, they're just scanning, and they don't know if something has been updated in the system to the sale price. And so it's up to you Because you are the one who's shopping around and you might not know the exact price for every single thing that you are buying. But in my head, when I see something that's on sale, I make a note and think, okay, well, that should ring up as this price. But then when it doesn't, the cashier is not going to notice. So it's really up to you to catch that mistake.
1: A lot of people have talked about growing your own, like growing your own veggies if you have room and a little bit of gardening knowledge, but is it worth it for someone who doesn't maybe have any knowledge or interest in it? Does it take a lot of time to do that as opposed to buying the tomato at the store?
2: As someone who has kind of tried to grow their own, I would say if it's not your forte, you don't have a green thumb, leave it to the people who know how. (laughs) You know, I have tried to grow my own just herbs, and I cannot seem to keep things alive. And so I have wasted more money just trying to grow it than it would be just to buy it at the grocery store. Yeah,
1: good to know, because I, I definitely don't have a green thumb either, and I often wonder about that. Am I being lazy? Could I save a ton of money? But yeah, I think I'll just buy the tomato and the green pepper at the store <laughs> let them deal with all, everything else. <laughs> Well, you've given us so many great tips for grocery shopping and saving money. And I just want to ask you if you have any other tips you'd like to mention.
2: So I would say that if you are spending a ton of money at the grocery store, if all of this information is really overwhelming, just start with one thing at a time. So you can just start by meal planning at first or making a list and just sticking to it. And then if all else fails, Try something new. Try a delivery service or one of those pickup services that they bring the groceries out to you. Because I've heard that people who are impulse shoppers and they tend to buy the extra things at the store, that has really helped them stick to their grocery list and stick within their budget. So just try something new, but just try it.
1: Nice, I love that. Yeah, you got to go with what your strengths and weaknesses are, and definitely mm-hmm. different things work for different people. That's for sure. Yunha, thank you so much for being our guest professor today. I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Bobby.
0: Our guest professor today has been Yunha McDowell, co-founder of Saving Sense. You'll find great articles to save on groceries and so much more at SavingSense.org.
1: I can feel my grocery bill shrinking already. Such great tips. I'd love to hear from you guys and find out how they're working for you. Also, check out Yunha's new budget binder on the shop page of Savingsense.org. The budget binder is designed to give you the tools to plan and track all of your finances while keeping things simple and manageable. And right now, Sensible Chat listeners can save 50% by using the code SENSIBLE10. Make sure you spell that right. centsable A B L E one zero and get the binder for only 10 bucks. This offer is good until June 30th. And for a limited time, she's also giving away goal worksheets with the purchase of a binder. So jump on it now. Go to savingssense.org, click on shop, and use the promo code sensible10. Be sure to join us for the next episode of Sensible Chat when my guest will be Tony Bradshaw, author of The Millionaire Choice. He'll talk about not only how to become a millionaire, but he'll take an altruistic look at the responsibilities of being one blessed with wealth. Tony believes that with the right knowledge, resources, and choices, almost anyone in America can become a millionaire, regardless of income, ethnicity, or financial situation. You can learn more about Tony at themillionairechoice.com. I can't wait to chat with him, and I hope you'll join us on Monday, May 13th. Until then, keep spending and saving the Sensible way.
0: That wraps up another episode of Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. If you need help with your budget or want to share your thoughts, write to her at sensiblechat at gmail.com. Or you can leave her a voicemail on the contacts page at sensiblechat.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or find us on Google Play or Spotify.